what the hell is going on right now? We're super excited to bring this episode to you. We actually have recorded some. We paused them. We want to do this one first. Long story, but today, today on Travel Evolved, we're going to talk about what the hell is going on out there in the healthcare travel world on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode, everybody. Appreciate you joining me. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've been on a live episode. Uh, we came back from Florida and knocked one out. Truth is, we actually have recorded a bunch. Not a bunch, a number. Quite a few, actually. But I asked everyone to pause those episodes because I felt like this one needed to supersede and preempt a lot of those. Some things we'll be talking about here in the next few weeks. Um, got some guests that I think we've recorded some stuff for. Uh, more guests coming. However, every day I am getting asked by my counterparts out there, the ones that I talk to. I don't talk to a lot of people, by the way. Not right now, especially with what Next Gen Med staff is doing. I really, I, when I do, the first thing they want to do is start picking my brain, and I, I just don't want to talk about it because I know why that my counterparts are picking my brain. It's it's fascinating. And again, for all you recruiters out there, you should know that your your CEOs, your companies are trying to figure out what I'm doing. They're not trying to figure out. They know what I'm doing. But they're, they're picking my brains on a lot of different things, on, on certain things. But I get a lot of phone calls from other CEOs. A lot of travelers call me. I've got people who are um, high up in CEOs of other staffing type businesses that are involved in, in what we're doing. Everybody's kind of freaking out. They are and they aren't. So I want to talk this week about specifically what's going on. This is probably one of the most unique times. And I know I've said that before previously. We've had unique times. 
But I'm going to talk today about how those unique times were also kind of predictable, if that makes sense. This one, this one kind of goes back and harkens back to what we experienced in 2008, 2009, when things kind of fell apart in the industry, mostly because of the economy. And we'll talk a little bit about that a lot. We'll talk a lot about that today because there's some of that going on here. But the reason I want to do this episode is because probably four to five travelers a day are reaching out. Either there are travelers with Next Gen Med staff asking, "Hey, you know what's happening with with the you know with jobs and and the the market and pay rates and all that kind of stuff." And we get that all the time anyway. But we are being asked from more than we ever have. A lot of people that want to come work for us. People just you know want to want to know or just are looking for you know another option. So it's not necessarily people that want to come work for us. But a lot of travelers are a little bit panicked right now. We're going to kind of break it down. Many of you guys understand what's kind of happening, or I guess I would say it this way. You're with me in your thinking that you see what's happening. You can kind of explain it, but there are some things that we just don't know. And that's a lot what I'm going to say today is that there's no magic you know, pathway to how things are going to change or what's going to happen in the future. But I at least want to tell you guys what's going on because I think it's really important for many of you to kind of understand what the industry looks like and some immediate moves or lack of moves maybe that you should be doing right now no matter who you're working for because it's kind of important and that's the reason I wanted to do this episode kind of in front of everything else. The bad thing is it's taken me a while to record this so um, it, that's my fault. I should have told him to release a few of them but unfortunately we kind of did some things that were, that were already out there so we, we didn't want to renumber and do anything else. So anyway, this is on me. For those of you that do subscribe, I'm, I'm so grateful and I appreciate these periods of time when sometimes we can't get things out quite quickly. You guys know, and I've told you if you've listened to anything we've done, you know we have over 200 episodes um, already planned, which means we've got another at least two years because we're just finishing up, what is it, 92 I said today. So that's another, as many as we've done, we've got more planned and every topic is very unique and we haven't covered it before. In the meantime, there's going to be things over the next couple of years that are going to pop in that are going to you know start to add to it. We're going to have more guests and that sort of thing. So probably at least three more years of just what we're doing right now. And then we'll see what happens. But this, like I said, was it's not a series. It's a it's a podcast. It's a YouTube channel. And as things change, so will, so will this. And again, who knows? Maybe we'll spin this off and we'll have this stay out there forever and we'll do something that's more next-gen med staff where we can talk more about what we're doing. But we're going to get into that a little bit today too. So... Thank you guys for hanging in there with me. Thanks for subscribing. I know it's not a big deal. Uh, I subscribe to a bunch of things on YouTube and, and on podcasts, and I don't always notice, hey, that guy's not talking, talking about his nutrition and his workout routine every week or whatever. So it's it's sporadic. But I, I do tell you guys, I try to do these about every every uh, six days, typically every uh, you know at least once a week, but usually six days is what we wanted to shoot for, and we clearly haven't been able to adhere to that that promise could get worse. I don't know. We'll see. So um, here's what's going on with us personally and, and what you can expect over the next few weeks. Like I said, between now and I don't know how many we've recorded. I've kind of lost track. I'm sure we're going to record a few more. We are going to be, not we, I and about two other people um, from the Denver operations are going to be heading to California to start handling some things out there uh, because it's just important. And we're going to be out there 90% of the time over the next year, mostly out there. Not to get into too much detail, I know a lot of you guys are, are watching me because of Travel Evolved and not because of what Next Gen Med staff is doing, but here in Denver, we handle a lot of the IT, a lot of the app, all the app is being developed here and, of course, overseas, but the hub of the app is here. That's why it was super important for 
a lot of us to remain here because it's been changing. For those of you guys that haven't updated your app in a long time, please go to iTunes or Google Play to get that update. It's really important. We haven't put anything out there that forces you to go to there. You know how some apps will say, hey, you know, you haven't updated yet. The latest version is out there, so before you can even sign in, go here. We don't do that, but if it's been a while, we're releasing an update about every 60 days. A lot of new features, so if you haven't, go to iTunes or go to Google Play to update the NextGen MedStaff app. We feel, God, this sounds like a commercial for NextGen. It's not supposed to be. We feel like things are moving along pretty well. We've got a ton of cool stuff coming, a lot more bells and whistles, a lot more filters, a lot of more things that are going to kind of let you curtail and almost cafeteria plan your particular travel experience. You know, insurance, no insurance, higher, lower, uh, travel reimbursement, those sorts of things which will affect Positively and negatively you pay, but makes it fair across the board. That's all coming. What's happening now is that, and I, I don't want to, I guess I'm, I'm just telling you why we're going to California. Because the operations, which is more payroll, credentialing, day-to-day stuff, is all being handled out there. And up to this point, the, the focus has been on the app because that needed to have, you know, take precedent over anything else. We feel that our team here um, has really got a handle on what that is. I'm still very involved in that and will continue to be. The bad news is, as I'm talking to some folks overseas, it's an hour earlier, which means I've got to be up at like 6 o'clock in the morning to do a call instead of at 7, which was kind of nice here. It was really cool when I was doing it at 9 in Florida. Um, that's still going to continue. But where we need um, some assistance is in that that payroll, in that credentialing. Like I've always said, that's where our company is going to grow is not by adding recruiters and rolling the dice and spending your travel money. That's your money, by the way. I've told you guys many times on hiring a recruiter or another five recruiters to hopefully attract, you know, 100 more of you guys. That's not how our model works. Our model is almost post facto. So as the business gets bigger and we're generating more revenue, we're going to use some of our revenue to start adding people that will make your experience better, including credentialing and, and including uh, payroll and HR and that sort of thing. But it's after the fact. So it's not costing travelers money. And we, already, we always knew that. Well, we experienced this winter and spring and kind of goes along with what we're talking about today is that we've grown faster than we thought. At first, we thought we'd grow quicker and it was slower. And now all of a sudden, it's over the last, I don't know, nine, 10 months, much faster than we were anticipating. So it is real clear that has got to be the focus on what we're doing. So that's why I think this is the last thing we're going to record in Denver for a while. And then we're going to take some stuff out permanently and do some recording out in our office out there. So, wow, what a long intro for what we're doing. Let's get back to this because this is just wild. I said, I think in, in when we first started, go back to one of the first few episodes, listen to it. Pretty sure that along the lines, I talked a lot about how it was going to be really interesting over the next couple of years to see all the things that were going to happen. And we didn't predict most of them. None of us could. But when we were in the, you know, the, the pandemic uh, staffing mode, all bets were off. Everything was unique. Nothing was like it had been before. We predicted, I did, and a lot of us here at, at, our, at NextGen MedStaff said that things will never, fortunately for travelers, go back to what they were in 2019. Man, never is a, a long word. Things shouldn't very quickly go back to what they were in 2019. And I'm talking about including cost of living index. In other words, pay rates, uh, just how we staff, the importance that's that's kind of now put on travelers. I believe you guys have more control and are in charge more so than you were in 2019 because of what we've been through the last three years. 
doesn't mean that you're still not dealing with agencies trying to sell you. It doesn't mean you're not dealing with hospitals who still have, you know, bad policies and bad interviewing and, and, and bad experiences when you go there. All that stuff is still exists. But at least one thing is that in so far it still remains true. The rates are are significantly higher. You guys may not think so, but they're significantly higher than what they would have been in the spring of 2023 had there not been that pandemic. There were times when pay rates kind of stayed the same, and I've, I've, I've documented here that they may not have stayed the same. It may be that the vendors were increasing their margins. It may be that they were giving agencies less money. The, the bill rates may have gone up to the hospital, but traveler pay rates, there were years where they kind of seemed to stay the same. That really hasn't been the case. So that's awesome. That's totally awesome. We're going to talk about new travelers, the ones that kind of joined everybody during the pandemic. You may be one of those. You may be a veteran traveler that saw all that happen. So let's talk about kind of what's happening right now because I got a little bit of insight, but really I just want to have a discussion about it. Kind of just talk about some things openly and make some guesses. Whew. All right. So here is what, um, here, here's what I'll tell you. And we can go back. Let's let's do that. Let's kind of go back for a second to January of 2020 when we started to see things go crazy. And they went crazy. And I'll tell you, just to kind of talk openly, there were a lot of pretty big companies. I think the bigger you were if you weren't a monolith, let's take the big three or four out of the equation, but the really big successful companies in early 2020 and into this uh, spring and maybe in the summer of 2020, many of them really struggled with the, the crisis and the crisis rates because if you guys remember early on, and you may not remember this, it was very selective around the United States where the biggest needs were. And if you were a big, big company and you didn't have needs, and I'm gonna rattle off you know, New York, Georgia for some reason, um, Virginia, I think Seattle early on, Places where it was getting hit hardest at the very beginning, you suffered because every traveler was going there, which means you, if you didn't have contracts, let's say in New York, in the state of New York, if you didn't have a lot of contracts there, you were losing all your travelers to these high, crazy paying positions in upstate New York and in around the city. That hurt immensely a lot of big companies for an extended period of time. They couldn't compete. And by the way, they couldn't just jump in and grab a contract. So that was unique because I know I talked to a few people and I heard some rumors about some stuff about companies that you saw that were pretty predominant that lost a lot of, a lot of uh, I guess, they lost some traction during the, the earliest in the first six months of 2020. Many of them suffered so much that they've never recovered to this day. There were some smaller companies that you don't know, you don't see anymore. What we also saw, and I see all this the other day on, on some, I think it was on Facebook, someone was talking about what, what's with all these new companies. And I, I think you can consider NextGen MedStaff as part of that. You guys know that we formed NextGen MedStaff before the pandemic hit, but no one knew what we were doing. So we were faced with, we had this new idea, this new concept, this new company, and now, holy cow, here's a pandemic. How do we, how do we start without really having a product? And how do we get involved? Because we could see the dollars and we could see the mistakes that travelers were making. We wanted to get involved, but you know, timing was really bad for us, as a matter of fact, looking back on it. But what did happen is there was a ton of companies that had a whole bunch of backing financially that got involved in healthcare staffing primarily that maybe never had been involved in healthcare staffing prior to that. A lot of you guys complain, and you may not remember this. Again, it's so crazy how in our world 
such a short period of time, we forget so much in our world. I think it's just we're so inundated with apps and social media and, and media in general that we just have a attention span like no one's business. So it's amazing that a lot of you guys, um, we're, we're sitting there surprised at how how many companies were coming in and how you didn't like that they didn't really know what they were doing. Do you guys remember that? Do you, do you guys remember seeing on, I guess, primarily Facebook, how so many complaints about, I'm working with XYZ company, I've never heard of them, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. There's no, you know, they don't know about credentialing. It was, it was a lot of credentialing issues and drug and drug and, and background screens were, were, were being stumbled on, weren't getting start dates on time because a lot of these companies were like, ooh, healthcare staffing, pandemic, and let's get in. And they made a ton of money during that period of time. But they goofed up a lot of you because it wasn't maybe ever intended to be long-term. Certainly a lot of those companies don't exist now. But in the wake of that, the companies that did start to figure it out quickly or maybe had some sort of an in, and I think, I guess you'd consider us one of them, although we were not pandemic-driven, if that makes sense. That's not why we became what we became. Some companies that started the industry during that time have survived, and they were able to figure it out, the industry, I will say, or they had, like I say, some sort of an in that they knew or had many people at the top that understood this industry, that they were able to survive. And I think some of those companies are worth looking at from, for some of you guys because maybe they don't have that, that, um, that old-school mentality that I think is driving so many travelers nuts right now. So we have seen both companies come in, disappear, stay, and we saw some other companies that really struggled. I think a lot of the big, big guys, like I always say, that the monoliths actually increased. Well, we know they increased their margins. We've talked about that extensively. But they increased, I believe, their market share during that period of time because they, I mean, they did. Let's be honest. They did a great job at staffing the places that needed help. And, and then as, the, it, as, as everybody needed help, I think they looked really strong and solid to either their core hospitals or new systems and facilities where they were really able to produce. Even though they were taking bigger and bigger margins, like if I said many times here, the traveler in 2020, 2021, early 2022, didn't really realize how much those agencies were, were taking because the pay rates were so ridiculously high that a lot of travelers, and hopefully not you guys, never stopped to consider Am I making the same uh, percentage or size of the slice of this in, in this pie, or do I care because I'm making five thousand dollars a week or even ten thousand dollars a week? My suspicion, and I, I've kind of tested and proven this theory, is that most people didn't care. So, what those big companies did do is they actually really did. I mean, I, I have to say they did a great job at staffing better than they probably ever had before because for the first time in a long time. Their pay rates didn't look bad to, you know, compared to everybody else's. Does that make sense? No one was comparing. It was like, oh my gosh, this little place is making this much money over, you know, 30 miles away, it's this. You guys weren't really holding an agency, I guess, accountable for the pay rate. All you cared about, and I don't blame you, I actually liked it, was that you were chasing the individual dollar on the individual assignment, which then meant that you didn't care who you're working for, you just needed to make the money. You also didn't really care about how much money the agency was making. I get that. I don't think that's necessarily bad, but you guys should know they were making more, and they were making, or they were making at least the same for a few of us. But on, they were making more money because the margin was bigger, so the same effort was was generating more income, also generating more accounts receivable. But you, we were all making more money because the bill rates were doubled, so we were making twice the amount of money, same amount of effort for each individual traveler to credential and to keep them on board. But those companies did a really good job, in my humble opinion, on, on I guess, fulfilling and even um, 
substantiating and even increasing their market share for those hospitals that desperately needed them during that time. We are now back to a point where, well, I mean, let me let me continue on. So that's what kind of happened early on. And I mean, again, this is all crazy stuff to think about because in 2019, none of us saw any of this kind of thing happening. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Let's go into let's go into twenty. Well, twenty twenty one was really the I think the culmination. It kept going. It kept going. It kept going. This is where companies like like mine and many other companies, and even those companies I mentioned that were struggling at first, those big companies that really suffered. This is where we all gained some footing and either got back to where they were or for us, you know, we started to develop and, and actually release our app and things started to make sense because for us, we were paying substantially higher for the same job. We had much smaller margins, so follow me on this. If you had a pay rate that was double what it used to be and our margins staying the same as other companies were increasing their margin, the disparagement between what they were paying, what we were paying, got even higher during that time. Now, as the pay rates have slowly dropped, we're still paying more, but it, it's it's less noticeable. Not, not it's not as noticeable. It was ridiculously noticeable. I think we have a something that flies around there that talks about an LPN who is making a thousand, seeing a thousand dollars more a week with us than any other company. Which, as an LPN, that's 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 a much relative. That's a relatively lower rate than an RN or some of the alley positions. So for her to see that, that was what we were looking at. Now it's you know probably three hundred, two hundred, but it was noticeable back then. So in 2021, what happened to a lot of us is that we, A, we made money. And I'm not going to tell you we all didn't. We all did. Some made more than they should have. Most of, most of us made more than we should have. And I guess I'll, I'll throw my company in there. We didn't deserve to make that, but it felt right because we were, again, giving up the same amount of, of the pie as anybody else. And as a new company, we had a lot of money out there in AR, which means we were actually floating more than we thought we would be early on, you know crazy amounts in our sitting in our AR and we're going, oh my gosh, you know, we gotta we gotta go, you know, raise some more money or we gotta start digging our pockets and doing doing stuff with uh that we didn't really want to do at the beginning with uh <laughs> with collateral uh in order to make sure we had enough money to make sure that we were um that we could handle that kind of an AR because it was huge. But we made double the money. Some companies made more. So that happened in twenty twenty one and it, I think people recovered. And I think a lot of companies, this is when the, the older and the newer company that were doing it right kind of pushed away some of those companies that you guys were complaining about that said, guys, you're not, you're not really a healthcare staffing company. You're an accounting company or you're some other form of staffing or you kind of dabble in this. But it kind of separated the, 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 you know, the, the real companies from the ones that were just kind of playing, in my opinion, during that time. And a lot of them left in 2021. And they made their money and they got out and they said, here we go. Or they sold and, and were um, purchased by another another group or another company so that happened in 2021 
But as always, I'm already off script. Actually, I didn't really write a script for this one. I kind of put some notes down. So let me, let me get back to what I was saying. In 2022, right around March, end of March, first part of April, another unexpected thing occurred, and that was that all of a sudden the needs like almost completely disappeared overnight. It was bizarre. Again, if you've been doing this for any length of time, you were there. What you saw was the rates plummeting. All of a sudden, we didn't have to do this. Thank goodness. We probably would. We, I mean, just in all candidacy, we would have if we would have had contracts like this. The biggest complaint from a lot of people was, hey, I booked at this amount, you know, whatever, $6,500 gross a week. I haven't even started yet. I'm doing my credentialing, and this company I'm working for has now said, the, the, the facility has dropped their rates, and now I'm only going to make $4,000 a week. I mean, it's, it, was, it was a big difference. We saw that a lot. We had people with my company, what we experienced was just cancellations. There were places that were ordering, ordering, ordering high rates, and it almost like skipped that step and went from, now we don't even need anybody. Um, we had people that were, that were we, I'm trying to think if I had anybody canceled. I don't think so, but extensions that were being dangled all of a sudden were gone. Extensions that were there were being dropped substantially. But in the, as an industry in, a, in its whole, in a whole, like I said, a little over a year ago, early spring, late winter of 2022, it all of a sudden just stopped. And the confusion I think was is that it was still being. God, I don't want to get political. To the general public, it, it hadn't stopped. But to those of us that were in the industry, especially with staffing, um, which which may not have included. You know, I guess staff RNs and staff allied professionals, we saw it. They stopped ordering and they stopped having to pay that insanely high rate, which was the bigger of the two. We knew, we, and I'm sure you guys did too, that hospitals were, were hurting, they were suffering. I don't want to say that because you guys are all just, again, a collective eye roll out there. For the first time in a long time, the profit model that hospitals want to and oftentimes need to make, whether we all like it or not, was drastically impeded upon. It was way different. Anybody that has been in this industry for any length of time would, would know that that couldn't sustain. Again, it, a lot of people think hospitals make crazy amounts of money. If I had a CEO or CFO from a hospital or hospital system sitting next to me, I think we would all get our eyes opened a little bit on some of the things that, that we haven't thought about. I tried to do that with you guys on an agency standpoint. I guarantee if I had some brilliant man or woman sitting right here that ran a hospital, even a small hospital, a big system, there would be a lot of aha moments or holy cow moments that I would have that I didn't realize. Because again, the assumption is that hospitals make crazy money. They do. You guys know that. I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. But I think we would all be surprised. Again, I like to admit things that I, if I'm ignorant about something, I, I would say absolutely guarantee there'd be something that they would tell me that I'd be like, oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. So the model that they're used to running was absolutely interrupted. And whether it's because they're, they're whatever, they're, whatever their model is, we knew they weren't going to continue that, whether they could or whether they just didn't want to. And I, I really do think a lot of it is that they couldn't. They couldn't sustain that. And the second that it wasn't there, they cut ties. And I, I remember, and you guys go back and listen to episodes that were done, that were released around that time frame, even before that time frame, even three, four months before that time frame, I kept telling everybody that was watching and listening to us, 
please don't take the top highest paying, crazy, wonderfully awesome high paying assignment in the country because you will be the first one to get chopped if and when more likely that that happens. And it did. And, you know, again, I can only speak for my company. Looking back, we had a lot of very uh, inexperienced travelers, maybe with some decent experience in their field, but also some relatively new nurses and alley professionals that were making insane amounts of money based on what they would have been making previously. And those are the ones I worried the most about because, you know, they would have trouble finding what they thought was the norm position, which, again, we'll talk about here in a second. The bigger thing was is that absolutely, you guys all saw it, we all knew it. We were right in the fact that of course they're gonna they're gonna trim the the you know it's like it's like having a credit card. If you have five credit cards and you have a bunch of money and you want to pay it off, you pay off the one with the highest interest. If you have you know ten ICU nurses that are you know in your hospital and you've got one or two of them that have a fifty you know at a hundred and seventy dollar bill rate and some are at 130, 120, I mean. I don't care if they're the best too, and they probably were. Who are you going to cut? Because you need patients in that bed, you need them taken care of, but you need it done, as I always said, at the cheapest rate possible. And that's why I always tell you guys, don't get mad at hospitals for putting rates out there that are below what you're willing to go for. It just means the assignment's not for you. Now, you can be mad at an agency who has the same bill rate as 20 or 200 other companies and they're the lowest paying based upon the same bill rate but in defense of all the things i say all the time right now is the first time since i've been doing this 23 years now that you cannot be really sure that your traveler is getting the exact same rate as another traveler even if you're in the same orientation because the rate literally could have gone up or down between the time you both booked those travelers so it's the one of the few times that it's hard to compare paycheck subs because unless you can guarantee or validate that both agencies are on the exact same bill rate, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know if you're if you're getting a good deal, a great deal, or you're getting, you know, we almost slip. I mean, I guess saying screwed isn't a bad word here, but if you're getting screwed out of out of a, a rate because your agency has a thicker margin, you just don't know right now. And for the first time that I can remember. As a, as a company who pride themselves on being literally not just one of, but the top paying company out there for an assignment that we have, it's hard because sometimes you'll hear some rumblings about, oh, this person is my orientation. They made more money. I've had it happen a couple of times. We've always been able to disprove it. The last time, here's what, I'll just tell you guys this. Usually what, the, what it is is that we find out the bill rate is different. And that's, that's a tough one. The second thing that happens a lot, and we've proven this a few times, is the traveler lies to another traveler. A lot of travelers have this weird thing about wanting to pretend or tell another traveler that they're making more money because they don't want to be embarrassed that they're making less. I mean, I guess that's human na- nature. But do know that that exists. You know, unless you're literally looking at a paycheck sub, which I would urge you guys to do. I don't care if you're, co- if you're comparing my company with somebody else's or just two companies. It really isn't fair I'm just telling you, take a, take a traveler's word for it because there is that. There is something weird about travelers that, I don't know if it's an embarrassment thing or a pride thing, They want some travelers want you to think that they are making more money because they're more valuable, they're worth more, or they just are smart, smarter than you or just really smart that they got a better deal. That happens, we've, and we've seen that happen two or three times in the last year where, as it turned out, they weren't making more money than, than another traveler, maybe our traveler. Um, first time it happened um, back in, in the late winter 
was, and this one is bizarre to me, one of my travelers who uh, I've known for quite a while, she's awesome, she had a traveler in the same orientation that said she's making more. And this one turned out that the agency lied to that traveler, that they, they it, was a, it wasn't a bait and switch. I mean, it was a bait and switch like you wouldn't believe, but I don't know how they, how they would get away with that. They told the traveler, here's your gross, and when her first check came out, it wasn't anywhere near it. And they said the rate had changed, which made more sense because she really did think, and, and good for her, that she was making that kind of money. But I said to my, my friend, I said, how do they, how do they justify that? I mean, they didn't tell her, and you know, I don't know how you, how you have any retention with that sort of thing, but that's just, that's just weird to me. That I mean, if that happened, so here's what I'll, I'll defend that company this way. That's probably a recruiter issue. If it happened, I guarantee they were notified the rate had changed, and the question went out there, does your traveler still want to go, and I'll bet you. I can't, I can't be sure. But I'll bet that recruiter didn't tell the traveler that. Because they needed the deal, they needed the money, they needed the, the number to not get fired or who knows what it is. And the agency probably was well aware that the, I guarantee you, somebody in payroll was well aware or billing or invoicing that that rate had dropped. But the travel, the, agent, the recruiter may not have been honest. It's my suspicion. It's another reason why, you know, they're, they're human. So anyway, that's what happened in 2022. And all this stuff was unpredictable, but it was kind of predictable. If that makes sense. It was unpredictable, but you, it made sense. You knew during the pandemic that there was crazy needs. There was absolutely less supply than there ever has been. Drove the rates through the through the, through the roof. People made crazy money, and and that demand and that lack of supply continued. Now I saw something the other day. I don't know if it's true or not, but if you go back to our COVID episode, which was like twenty or twenty-one, someone in their twenties, it said I saw this was on ABC or NBC. It said that, and of course, this is the way they they report it. That. I want to see. I want to make sure I say this right. Anyway, the figure was a hundred thousand, which I thought was crazy. That we lost a hundred thousand RNs, it was just RNs, during the pandemic or during the COVID pandemic is what they said. That was all they said. It didn't say anything about that. Again, I think a bunch of tra- a bunch of people went to travel. I don't know if they counted that as part of that hundred thousand because that seems like a really big number to me. But I, I don't know. That they went to, to travel, so they called that loss because they left staff. That could be part of it. If they were including travelers in that statistic, which I kind of don't think they were, how many travelers retired? You know, there was a lot of men and women who were allied in nursing that were close to retirement. And, and let's be frank, and, I, and I, I hope that this happened, that a lot of them were able to make so much money that they were able to retire earlier or potentially at a higher level because they, they worked their fannies off during that one to three years and made a ton of money. And then they, they retired. I do know that a lot of people retired sooner than they thought because of the earning potential was there. And, of course, the other thing was the fact that there was a lot of hospitals that if you didn't get a vaccine, they you were going to be fired. You were going to be fired, not quit. You had to be fired. And we had a, one of our guests on that COVID episode, Amy, awesome gal, great friend. She's, she's not a nurse still. An excellent ER nurse who left the field. Um, and I, I said, we're going to miss you. And I, I know this. when Sometimes when nurses leave, especially RNs, when they leave the field, they oftentimes don't come back because you guys, it's such hard work. And I, I say that with all sincerity and as genuine as I can. I worry when someone says, I think I'm going to take a break or I'm going to go. And I knew, I could tell you, I knew she wouldn't because you guys get sucked into that life. You miss it. I know that. You miss the, the adrenaline, you miss whatever. But you also, it's hard when you start realizing that there are other ways that are less scary, less risky to make great money or good money. Oftentimes you're like, man, I've had enough. So... We lost 100,000 RNs according to whatever channel that was, but it, it wasn't very um, 
transparent. It, it didn't really say what it was. But anyway, so there was that shortage. We saw that. And so we had that all happening. And even with that, we still had a complete end to the crazy high rates. It didn't happen like this. The rates still stayed high, but a lot of the jobs disappeared and a lot of them were plummeting. I think they stayed high where the demand was, was greater and they went low where it wasn't. Okay, long. I'm going, I'm going all over the place, but this is kind of why this is almost an unscripted episode. I want to tell you where we are now. So now what's happened? We haven't really had any surges last summer, obviously last spring, last summer, this fall. I think we had more of what we'd call our normal trends where, you know, in, in May and June, we tend to get booked and people tend to book for their summer, quote unquote, assignments. We have that kind of a little bit of a lull. In the fall, when you know we're not sure what the weather's going to be like, I know Florida's become a different situation down there. It used to be very, very seasonal, and I was down there, and it's it is still seasonal, but the population doesn't decrease as noticeably as much in many of the areas of Florida that it used to five years ago. So we still have, again, I mean, I, I work for a company that that had very seasonal needs, and we barely had anything during the summer and spring and even early fall months. It was only you know three or four to five months during the winter. So that's kind of changed. But there was a lot of seasonality where there was an increase, <clears throat> obviously, in, in, the, in the demand for the South, which always oftentimes you know, travelers will follow that way or supplemental nurses and, and allied professionals will follow that way, which leaves less people to fill the, the tougher positions up north, which I've always, has, wow, why I've always said up north is where you can make a lot of money, but you're going to, I mean, it's, it's not that desirable. And we had a lot of people, at least we did this year, that went to Florida and Texas and Arizona, places that weren't that lucrative, but they, they were like, I need a break. It was a cold winter this year, so that was part of it. So that's kind of, that was the fall and the end of, <coughs> excuse me, and the end of 2022. Now we move into 2023. And this is where it gets a little tricky. This is why the episode needed to be recorded. Because the first thing I'm going to tell you guys is that I don't know the full answer here. Maybe someone can comment below or, or you know, get a hold of me through Travel Evolved, the Facebook group, and tell me what your thoughts are. But it's been really weird. We were looking at, let's just take our company. We were looking at the number of open positions that we had in, in 2023. And we were consistent up until, I think, I want to say either sometime toward the end of March, things really dropped. Um, it was weird. And we're going, what's going on? I'm talking about the number of positions, not the not the pay rate so much, but the positions. So like I said, I talked to recently a CEO who's become a good friend of mine uh, from, I don't want to say who he is or what what he does, but he's he, they're very involved in the healthcare staffing. They're not an agency, but they they are part of some of the newer things that I really like out there, to be honest with you, I really like this company. I like this guy a lot because he's, he's very bright, got a lot of it, a lot of stuff. But they're, they're, you guys would know who they are, and I know that sounds cryptic, but I just don't feel comfortable saying who he is because we, he and I have never talked about talking about him, and I, I don't think I will, unless we have him on as a guest. Let's just say that he is, it comes from the industry, he's been very involved, and he is, has some some new products that you're seeing out there that are actually helping travelers uh, to, to do some of the stuff that we do here on Travel Evolve. His comment to me was, and this was just about a week ago, he said, what he is hearing, first of all, I said, is it just us? What's going on? He goes, no, it's, it's across the board with the exception of, again, the monolith big companies. What's happening is those big companies, I'm not going to mention their name, but you guys know the ones I have that hold a lot of accounts that, that have their own recruiting teams, and some of them are very, very large, 
But during the normal course of a year, and especially in the last few years, they, they have to farm out the jobs because they absolutely are not satisfying their own clients with their own internal recruiting team. And all of a sudden, they are. And so the jobs that they were given to those of us that subcontract, and I mean, there are some big, big companies that don't hold their own contracts. Let's be honest. Most companies that, you know, if you looked at the average, you know, cut or the, the, you know, the mean of all companies that, are, that do healthcare staffing, about 95% of us rely upon either VMSs or, or, you know, MSPs, which is basically a company that staffs their own and they also farm those jobs out. What's been happening, he told me, is that they're not getting, they're not farming any jobs out. They have held back on the jobs that they need help with because they're kind of able to fulfill them themselves, which now means that right now, when I'm recording this, and for the last, you know, I guess month, maybe month, maybe five weeks, what's available seems to be with mostly with the big companies. And the rates that you guys are seeing are low because of the company that has them, not because of the actual bill rates, because their margins are so big. I can't really explain why. And that's the, that's the, the thing that, you know, what the hell's going on? I kind of meant that. Why is it that all of a sudden there is less demand and or, hear that, and or more supply, meaning that the jobs that are out there are able to be fulfilled by these big companies that have really horrible pay rates? And, and a few other companies that have some direct stuff. Listen, there's some good companies right now that have good jobs. We have good jobs still. We work with a bunch of VMSs. We are getting positions still from those companies, just not as many as we were. So what they're giving us is really hard to fill, right? Maybe the CVOR position. Or, you know, just if they have a bunch of ICU or if they have a whole bunch of rad techs or, you know, something with, with physical therapists that they just aren't able to do, we'll get all that still. But the really easy stuff, you know, in the really popular cities where the bill rate's just kind of good, um, that is pretty easy to fill. Those are what we're not seeing right now. And I was told that we're going to start seeing those right around, I guess he said, about the 4th of July. And again, I can't answer why that is. What, what, what's the thought behind that? What's going to change <clears throat> Excuse me, between now and 4th of July that's going to all of a sudden make things better? Because typically, what I'll tell you is during the 4th of July, it's just kind of slow but good and steady. There's not the surge <clears throat> that we have in the springtime. Everyone's looking for their, their summer job. There certainly isn't the surge that happens, you know, when, when you know, the, the population has moved south, moved south. I guess spring, it moves, you know, all over the place. And south, it moved, in, the, in the winter, it moves south. So I can't explain what the thought was behind that magical reference from the 4th of July. Matter of fact, that didn't even make sense to me because typically the 4th of July, things are good and steady because there's jobs literally everywhere in the country because everyone's census is up because everyone's you know spread out. But it's not like this is a big surge. So we'll see. We'll see if he's right. I don't have an explanation as to what that what the catalyst for that change was going to be, except for he said that he believed at that point there was going to be more demand and or and that's not what he said he said actually what it is is that at that point those agencies would not be able to continually staff on their own and they would start to slowly reach out to the top agencies that seem to be able to you know help them the fastest you know which is great for some of us um but i don't know why and maybe you guys can tell me what your thoughts are I mean, I would understand it more if it was October, November, when, you know, cold and flu season comes in and we start to have that population ship, which always has, you know, creates more demand with it. Or right now, as it's warming up in certain parts of the country and the population is spreading out where there's general needs everywhere. But middle of summer, it didn't make sense to me. And what I can't figure out, and again, this is just one of those things that I have some theories on why the the what I believe is actually demand is low right now, um, but I don't really have an answer. Here's what I think. Let me tell you a couple things what I'm thinking about right now. 
I think that there is still a large number of what I call the new traveler. I did the quotes. The new traveler out there that got in this when the when the bill rates were at their absolute highest or at the beginning of what was going to be their absolute highest or I guess toward the end. I know this because we had a number with our company. And it was weird because over the last couple of years, I've had people that have been with me for three years nonstop. And literally every time that they extend in those three years, if you look at when they started and what it is now, the rates have, have dropped. What's really good, though, is that some people are lucky enough that even in like, I'm thinking Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, the rates haven't dropped like they normally would this time of year. But I've had travelers comment repeatedly you know, to, to me and my team that, oh, I don't know if that's worth it. And I'm going, okay, you're a med surge nurse and you're making $2,800 a week still. And when you hear somebody, when you've been in the industry for 23 years, say, I don't know if that's worth it, that could be very legitimate. It may not be worth it to them because of their circumstances that the reason that they decided to jump ship and start traveling is because they couldn't ignore how much crazy money was there. And for them, while 2800 would be a huge, I mean, it would be an insane amount of money if you were a med surgeon nurse in 2019 or 2018. But it's, 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 I'm not taking away the validity of this. It's legitimate. It may not be worth it. They may have a young family or children or, or a wife or a husband, whatever it is. That, that's a true statement. But what it does tell me is that traveling was never really a long-term option for those people. It just wasn't because it's unrealistic. So it's hard. Good thing I don't, I mean, I do talk to a lot of our people. But in those I talk to, I try my best to give them a realistic expectation. But it is hard when you're talking to someone who doesn't have one. It's condescending to try to talk to them about what the reality is. I don't like it. It's, it's, there's no really good way to put it. So I, I, I tend to just kind of go, well, you know, only you can make that decision on what makes sense to you. And I've had med surgeon nurses literally say they couldn't afford to, to, to gross 2800 a week on a 36-hour position recently. And it just tells me that those folks are going to continue to drop off. And as they, if they take time off and start coming back, they're going to find it more and more difficult to come back. And the rates are going to continue to be low, which means I do believe that part of what maybe we were talking about, what he was telling me, could have to do with that factor. I think the new traveler is, some are, a lot are going to go, a lot of you new travelers are going to stay and make it because you guys do have a realistic expectation of what this is. You knew that the money that you left for was insanely high and that it wouldn't it wouldn't stay forever. So hopefully you made adjustments. Hopefully you've done some things that make you a great business mindset traveler and you understand that. You're going to make it and stay, but a lot of your counterparts won't. So I think that's part of it. I also think there's some seasonality in, in it as well. Again, I mean, we're, we're kind of at that point now where people are really hustling, bustling. I will tell you that recently, uh, this last week, a lot of jobs are jumping back up again. So it's already starting to happen. I just don't, I can't explain why. So, you know, I, I just don't know. Okay, so here's the real, you know, gist of this episode. What can I do now? What can you guys do now? And I, I think that's really where we are. Regardless of why and we'll know. We'll know in three months maybe what it was. We'll, maybe it's faster. I don't know. I'm, I am curious. And I hope I can come back and revisit this. You guys know I will at some point drop something in a future episode that kind of explains this. But there are things you should be doing right now. And I want to go over them because, I mean, again, you guys should be a higher level of traveler than anybody else because of what you know from me. And, of course, you guys are all so sponges and you're out there talking to your peers, trying to figure other things out. So, Regardless of why, right now, 
you guys got to be aggressive. You have to be aggressive with your travel career. The first thing I've told a bunch of people, I'm going to go across the board. I'm going to be really fair. My people that are working for us, I have said, if you are offered extension, you should stay. Now, of course, you're going to say, you're a CEO of your own company. Of course, you want to stay. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, transparently, of course I do. But I've often, and my people will validate this, I've often said to them, go where the money is. If I don't have a contract because we're pretty new, we have a lot, but there's some we don't have. If you find a job that makes sense in a location in the country that you want to go to, and I don't have it, take it. I know you're going to be with us. Eventually, we'll have that contract. It makes sense. So I, I am not that way normally. And yeah, it does help us. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, say it doesn't. But most people that have worked for me, next gen in our company, they they're long term stuff, right? Intermittently, they're gonna do what they have to do. They take breaks. They come back. Right now, and literally the last month or two is the last time you don't want to. I have a number of travelers, um, maybe 10% of who we have working for us, that either ended or you know, whatever, finished our assignment back in the last month that are really struggling right now to try to find an assignment. So much so that they've reached out and said, hey, what's going on? What's, what's happening? Am I going in front of these jobs? Yeah, you are. And I know it's not just us because these people are, you know, they need they need to work. So they're not finding it with anybody. Good travelers. I'm not talking about just run-of-the-mill you know, people with only one or two years experience maybe or, or, you know, whatever. These are the people I'm thinking of are solid. And we didn't know back then, but for the last couple of weeks, I've said to everybody, don't, don't necessarily dismiss a extension with whatever company you're working for, even if it's at a lowered rate, because right now the alternative could be you don't have a job. So that's number one. And I've said it to my people. I have told people, that want to come work for us. I've got people that are using our app. They're saying, hey, I want to come work for you. Great. I have often said to them, and you guys know you're out there, that I wouldn't get rid of a possibility of extending where you are if you have that option until you've secured something because it's tough. And again, I I see it with our stuff. I see it with people that are going in. I've got, there's been a bunch of travelers. And again, I don't mean to be talking about our company as much, but I can see a lot on our back end. I can see activity and, it's, and there's trends and things I see. I see travelers that have maybe never worked for us that are trying to every once in a while and things just don't line up and I, I love that about it, who are going in front of positions like three, four times what was normal you know, five months ago and not getting anything. It's unusual. So I have told travelers, and you guys know you're out there, who are trying to get with us, I've said to them, I don't know if I'd leave your current job to go with us or any other company right now because it could be scary. So that's what I will tell you guys. Even if the rate is dropping with whatever company you're with, if you have an opportunity to stay through you know August at this point, maybe in, in September, I would really think about it. I would for sure, more than any other time, secure a position, guarantee it, get the credentialing done before you let your current company know or your agency or your facility know that you're not going to stay. You may find, and tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, that you have difficulty. So, and again, and for those of you that can't, and you are, don't have an option to extend, whether it's seasonal or just the need has been fulfilled or who knows what it is, census is down, get on it quickly. Because like no other time in our industry, the competition is fierce. It is fierce, fierce. I have a very solid PACU nurse that's been with, with me, and he's been with me for a very long time, and he was looking to you know, for the first time, kind of branch out of his kind of three or four state area. And he's solid, never has trouble getting a position. And all of a sudden, he said, there's just not that many PACU positions. A couple weeks ago, there are, it's growing now. 
And I looked and I was shocked at how few number-wise there were in any state. And I thought, okay, you know, elective surgery, I don't, I didn't know. It didn't, it still didn't make sense. It still doesn't. I don't have an answer for that yet. But I told him, you got to get out there. You got to start going with everybody. If we don't have a job, you know, you're a friend of mine now. You've been working with us for a long time. I consider you a friend. We know each other very well. I said, get a position. We'll be here. And as it turns out this week, and you know, he's not ending for, I think, until early June. So he's got some time. But that's what I'm talking about. If you can stay, stay. What I really want you guys to think about is, what is it going to cost me if I can't find a job? That's a real thing. So even if the rate is lower than what you would have taken six months ago, the alternative might be that you can't find an assignment at all. Or the assignment that you find is so far away or in such a tough location or a combination of those two that you, you know you almost have to settle for something just to stay working. And that's the other thing I will tell you. Another thing, another tip for right now is take what you get. And you guys know me. If you listen, if this is the first episode, don't don't judge by this episode. Go back and listen. I am I'm always trying to tell you what I think right now. And right now, I would say that lower your lower your expectations so that you have a position through the summer. And I think it'll change. I hope it does. We don't know. I just said I didn't know. But for the first time ever, I'm going to tell my Travel Evolved listeners that this is the first time I would be less uh, aggressive on a rate. I mean, if you find it with two or three different companies, definitely go with the one that pays the most. But right now, if you get an interview and you get an offer or if you get an auto offer and someone says they want you, I would tell you take it. I would take what you can get right now unless you are getting multiple offers. But I wouldn't hesitate. I wouldn't you know, hold off on one because I am seeing that too. Offers that are going out there right now, they're not waiting very long before they're moving on to somebody else. So that's the other thing I'd do. Another thing I would mention, it's a fantastic time for you to work on your own traveler marketability. Go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't or you don't have time, what I mean by that is make sure, it's it's a great time to, to make sure that you look fantastic on paper, which means update your resume. I, I know, I looked at a resume the other day that was so impressive. This was a five-page resume, but that traveler knew that I could that he he in this case couldn't just throw down some bullet points on where you know what he, the assignment that he had he was very detailed and he kept that same um, consistency of that detail on every assignment he's had he's been traveling for 15 years it was a long he, he stopped at a certain point but he didn't get lazy and cut corners on his resume which some really veteran travelers do now is not the time for that it is not the time to have your resume go I can tell here she's worked at a lot of different places in radiology here, but I can't tell the machines they worked on. I don't, I don't know the hospital very detailed. Fix your resume, gloss it up, make it look better than everybody else who has the same amount of experience that you have. It's, it's the right time to put a little bit of work on your presentation. And don't rely upon a recruiter who you barely know to do this for you. This is way too important. Look at your references. If you if you have references, get them up to date. Make sure they're recent. Talk to some more recent um, people you work for and get it on paper so they're not constantly being bugged by those of us agencies that have to get a reference every time that you you know switch or start exploring a new company. Get them good and and update them. You know, ask your. I'm just saying, you know, if you've got people that are giving you average, get them better. Work on that. Work on your credentialing. If there are certifications that you don't have. Not the unnecessary ones, but there is a certification that you don't have that would help you. Um, you know, again, I'm talking CCRN, TNCC, uh, different uh, different modalities of, of equipment that you haven't worked on before. You can get certified on. 
All those things can help you right now to improve because remember, you're in a lot of competition with your with your with your you know with everybody else out there. If you have a modality that requires licenses, and and you know again I'm I'm thinking nursing right now, but you know if you if you are a nurse for example or an LPN, and you don't have you know a compact like LPNs don't and that sort of thing, it's a great time to say okay where do I really want to go? Licenses are back to now taking what they used to take time wise before the pandemic. I know there's a lot of rules that kind of went out the door because they were you know they were uh, you know desperate and that sort of thing, but you know, I'm thinking Oregon, Washington, New York, um, Massachusetts. A lot of those states that took a long time are back to taking a long time again. Matter of fact, you know, some of those states I just mentioned, we used to be able to submit because it was still quick enough that they would get you a temporary fast enough. Not so much anymore. So here's a great opportunity. If you know that you, for example, can see a lot of opportunities, I'll use the state of Washington, and there are, and you want to go there, get that license now. You've got two months to get it or finish up your assignment. You could be one of very few people going in front of uh, a Washington, for example, uh, opportunity, as opposed to one of 30. And that happened to me today. So you guys should know this. Um, a couple vendors allow you to see not details on submissions, but when you go to submit a traveler, you can actually see the number of other times all agencies have submitted a candidate. Now, not very many, but one comes to mind specifically. So if you're ABC company, you submitted four travelers, you can see ABC you know, four times on that list. You can see the date that they put them in front. You can even see the rate that they put them in front, which you, you know, should match the offering rate, but sometimes it's lower, sometimes it's higher. When I see that, and, and the, let's say the job was um, you know, listed yesterday, it's pretty discouraging when you look down and you see 25 or 30 names because you know that even though you're proud of your traveler and your traveler's real solid, you don't know what you're looking at. But you know just by sheer numbers, that's discouraging. And when you've got a traveler who only wants to go to one or two positions, right now it's almost like you're not going to get it. So I don't want this to take it the wrong way, but treat yourself like a recruiter would only nicer. And what I mean by that is recruiters are really good, and yes, that just came out of my mouth, about kind of pushing the envelope. You guys don't like that, and that's one of the reasons why you know what we're doing makes a lot of sense to many of you, because you, you're kind of tired of all of a sudden being called by a hospital you didn't even know you were in front of because your recruiter thought, well, the recruiter thought they could make some commission if you took the job and got an offer and you haven't get some from anyplace else. That's why they you know do the blind submission, but that happens to you guys. Or a recruiter really is a good salesperson. They talk you in a position that maybe you didn't think you wanted. Sure enough, Murphy's Law, you get the offer there, and now you're going someplace you don't really want because it's the only thing available. They are good at that. So what I'm trying to get at is that you should be saturating the market with you. The market being where it is, in fact, that you're willing to go. Please, please, please check the cost of living. Just because a position pays higher than another position doesn't mean it makes more sense. It might actually mean less take-home every week because your rent or the cost of living is higher. But you know, know what that line is. How far am I willing to go? What do I need to go? What do I need to be paid to go to that specific location? And it's going to vary almost city by city, even in the same state. But push that envelope. If there's one time for many of you, kind of what I call local travelers, and I mean, I think that's been a very good model so far that you go an hour or two away from home and you can go back home, this is maybe the time for you to extend that for the entire state or maybe even go to some neighboring states if you have and hold a license or a certification, the ability to work there. Now is the time to say, I'm willing to go there. The good news is the weather's nice. So it's not like you're going someplace that would be high paying or less competition because of weather. You're now going there because you need to saturate the market with you. I wrote down, saturate the market with you, meaning your market, 
not everywhere. Don't don't have companies submit you to places that you really wouldn't go because you don't want to go there. It's too far or the rate's too low. That doesn't make any sense. But if there's a time to push yourself like a recruiter would, now's the time. Which, But what I mean by that is, for those of you that still work with the recruiting model, or even if you don't, even if you work with a company like ours, I would work with everybody. I would be put. I would get my name out there to everybody because, as you guys know, we all hold the same contract, but there are some slight nuances. You might be. God, I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud, but I'm going to. You might even consider one of the big monolith type companies because they have more positions right now than anybody else does. So the other thing I wrote down is consider a low paying position temporarily with a with a big company that you think you can get in front of because. It's going to pay the bills. It's going to keep you employed. And even though it's maybe less than what you've been making, like I've always said, what's your annual goal? Maybe, hopefully you were above it. And I said to you guys many times, this is why. We didn't know this was coming. And if you're experiencing what I'm talking about today, this is why hopefully you were ahead of your own game You know, for the first two quarters of, of, of or I guess we're in the second quarter, but, but these two quarters of the year. You can make up potentially on the fourth quarter, but you may have to drop below that earning goal that you have this one time, which also might mean what's happening now might actually mean during the fall and into the early part of the winter, you might have to chase some dollars on a less desirable but high paying position. That's the truth. Please be true to your goal. You know, one one 13-week assignment in North Dakota, you know, in, in November and December and into January won't kill you, but it might get you back up to the income level. So consider that too. There are a ton of things you guys can do right now uh, to try to get yourself marketable. But I think that's the main thing. Once you're marketable, really push the envelope and 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 just go for it. I've always said, and again, I'm, I'm talking about our stuff. When people use our app, they think they can go in front of one or two jobs and then get placed. You don't do that with recruiters typically. Most of you, some of you that are really you know exceptionally mark you know marketable can, but if you go in front of five to six or seven positions with a with a recruiter, and maybe you don't even know you are, but maybe you are, do the same thing with something like ours because you can't just put all your eggs in that basket. Right now, especially, I'm frustrated for a handful of of travelers that I call friends now, and you guys know again we have over 200 people working for us. I've got about 20 currently that ended their assignment. And I've got I've got a few that that aren't looking right now because they just weren't going to work right now. But I'd say probably 17, 18 people just off you know just ballpark number that are really solid travelers that are struggling, struggling to get a position. A couple of people I thought I know that they, they ended their assignment early because they they needed to for what in personal reasons, and I think they're regretting that right now. I think they were like, man, I should have stuck around. Or a couple of people didn't extend because the rate dropped. And they went, mm. so. It's real. And again, I'm just talking about you know my experience and what I can see on my end. And I can see a lot. But I've got some very, very strong, incredibly marketable travelers that are saying, what the hell's going on? How come I'm not getting a job? I never go in front of this many people without even a, a sniff or a phone call. Um, it's scary. So I could be completely off base on this, but I did this episode because I'm getting, like I said, I'm getting phone calls every day from um, counterparts and, and some VPs of some companies asking, you know, what's going on. Um, like I said, I don't like to, I'm less communicative right now than I've ever been because I'm just trying to just fly below the radar and do what I want to do. But more than that, I'm getting more communication from a lot of you guys out there, a lot of travelers that are, you know, either telling me that they're feeling really relieved because they extended or they found something, or they're glad that their assignment's not over. 
there you guys are all talking about the you know how volatile the market is it's real i wish i knew the answer to it but that's that's kind of where we are so push yourself remember this is your career there are going to be times like this over the next few years that are going to challenge you and what i will tell you is for those people that didn't leave the new traveler the ones that didn't retire you guys are, are here now, and if this is the career you've chosen, there are going to be times like this where you're going to have to bite you know, down hard and, and buckle down a little bit and do some things that you normally won't have to do. I hope you don't have to do this for very long. I'm so happy and, um, I guess, very grateful on your behalf and our behalf for what took place over the last few years. It really did help the industry, and I think those ripples and waves will last for a very long time. It, it was a horrible situation for the country. Let me be clear. But the end result, I think, will leave a, a, a positive effect on the value that that healthcare travelers and healthcare you know folks in general bring. That's a good thing. Um, so we're we're good in that aspect. But it does mean that I hope that most times you won't have to do this. But right now, I think you do. I think you do because you got to figure out what the hell's going on. All right. Lastly, just to let you know, like I said earlier, um, we recorded a number of episodes. That we're going to be releasing because, I mean, I personally am actually moving basically to California for about 14 months minimally. I'll be in Colorado, I don't know, a week every four or five weeks just to, you know, because of what's going on here with our, our platform and our IT stuff. But um, we did that because I knew I'd be, I mean, I got to basically, I got to go out there for a, a long period of time, air airfare and flights back and forth. So I'm driving out. We're going to be doing, I think, we're going to finish up this season, the second season of, of Travel Evolved, which I think will take us to episode 100. And hopefully, if the timing is right, we'll start off episode 101 out in our California office. We'll see. That's the general idea. We haven't recorded eight, seven more than this. Hopefully, we'll get them all done because everything's got to go. And literally, um, we're, we're going in, in like less than two weeks. So um, that's where we are with this. And so enjoy that. I've got, by the way, I want to tell you a couple of things. Got some really good guests coming up. Uh, we had spent a while since we've had a guest. We've got some RNs, hopefully a, a couple of former RNs. Um, we're working on some things on some folks that we've met uh, through TikTok. So if you're out there, hello. I'm hoping Lee, we're going to talk soon. Um, it's really good stuff. There, there are there are people that are changing the game. Um, I've got a couple of travelers I've never had that actually are working for me and have them. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, not about next gen med stuff. We're going to talk about some things that they have learned through Travel Evolved and, and just School of Hard Knocks, and, and I'm super excited to have them on as a guest. I've got another traveler who I've been talking to for a while that I'm, I just want to, she travels for a completely different reason other than location and money. So we got some really good healthcare traveling guests coming up, and we're going to try to knock those out. So we're going to record those probably either right before we leave or when we get there. So some cool stuff coming. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Travel Evolved. I would urge, urge, urge you to go back and start looking at some of the titles that we've done and you know, start cherry-picking the ones if you haven't seen all of our episodes. Look for the things that are important. Look for the things that, that you think you need to uh, hear more about that maybe is an area of your travel game that's not as strong as other areas. Hopefully it'll help. Guys, I appreciate it immensely. Sorry this one took so long. Sorry I was all over the place. But really no script on this one. Just what the hell's going on? Guys, I'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved.